ball tonight. Great team defense. Did a good job. Kobe Bryant. Basketball is Hood. Jonathan Hood with you on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Go to DraftKings for all the best bets when it comes to the All-Star Week in Denver for Major League Baseball, the NBA Finals, everything else in between. They support us, so we want you to support them. DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Don't forget, you can find this podcast on Spotify. If you're a Spotify listener for podcasts, you can find the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Subscribe to us. Also on the ESPN Chicago app saying what's up to you guys that check out Cap and J Hood mornings between 7 and 10 a.m. Central Time on ESPN 1000 and this ESPN Chicago app. And wherever else you're listening to us from, SoundCloud, Stitcher, wherever, thanks so much for being part of the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast experience brought to you by DraftKings. Yes, the Bucks are back into the series. It's now the Suns, a 2-1 to one advantage on the Bucks. Finally, Giannis comes to play and others picking up the slack as well. Giannis scored 41 points in 38 minutes of play. He had 13 rebounds. He was a beast and also pretty excellent on the foul line as well. So, shouts out to Giannis, and not just Giannis, but also Drew Holiday with his 21 points, and Chris Middleton with his 18 points, and also Bobby Portis, a former Bull, 11 points and 8 rebounds, picking up the slack. That's what the Bucks needed. Going back home to Fiserv Forum, the whistles went their way. Is one of the best bets in Vegas as well, with the Bucks coming home. You know that they have not just the audience at the five-star form, but also the Deer Districts, so you know they were on tilt trying to push their bucks into a win. And what I liked about it is, is that Giannis did what he did best, and that is shooting from the foul line down. It's crazy to me how Giannis settles sometimes for the outside jumper, all that kind of thing. He doesn't need the three. What he needs is to be able to be the most or one of the most dominant guys in the painted area. That's exactly what happened with Giannis last night. Do you realize all his field goals came in from five feet and in? All of his field goals he scored five feet and in. Uh, A special player when he's locked in. There's no question about that. And so I really like what I saw from Giannis. And so it goes without saying, right? The next game will be the game to watch because we're going to find out exactly what the Bucks are made of. Can they tie up this series? The one issue that I looked at with the Bucks is can they keep up the pace with the Suns? The Suns, whatever you think of Chris Paul and DeAndre Ayton as well as Booker, they do play at a stunning pace offensively. 
And my thought is, is that if the Bucks can play at their pace using muscle and strength on the interior, uh, there is an opportunity for them to win this series. But again, down 2 nothing, it's never been easy for this team. It's just never been just a cakewalk for the Bucks. It's always, whether there's an injury, whether there is some issues with the team, it just has just been so such a a real tough kind of struggle at times for the Bucks. A team that's very, very talented, but sometimes it just doesn't work out for them. So now it's two games to one. Can they tie up the series? I know someone that was at the game. Our guy Travis Wacker from our station, a big Bucks fan from ESPN 1000 and part of the Good Karma Brands. He's going to tell us about Giannis. Giannis, who has more 40-point games in the finals than Kevin Durant, Steph Curry, Kobe Bryant, Tim Duncan, Larry Bird, Karl Malone, Kareem Abdul-Jabbar, and Will Chamberlain. The same Giannis Antetokounmpo that's on pace to be the first player in NBA history to average 25-10-5-1-1 on 55% shooting in single playoffs. That means 15 games or more. He's putting up 56% from the field, averaging 29-13-5. Huge, huge stuff for Giannis. Can he continue that momentum? Can the Bucks continue this momentum? We'll hear from Travis Wacker next, Mike I. The big Bucks fan will join us here. Fear the deer. Let's talk about the NBA Finals right here on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. And there he is, Mr. Fear the Deer himself. He was there at Pfizer for him to see the Bucks get back in the series. Two games to one. The big game coming up soon for the Bucks. Can they tie the series? Travis Wacker with us on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. T Wack. Yes, sir. Fear the Deer, brother. My man, appreciate that. What a time. What a time. You were there, man. Tell us, before we talk about X's and O's, tell us about the atmosphere. Yeah, I mean, it was kind of one of those games where the crowd really gets into it once the team starts playing well. Um, so from my perspective as having been someone who was in the Bucks fan section, you know, formerly known as Squad 6 and Sector 7 and Cream City Clash and all that. Yes. The other, um, <laughs> yes. From my perspective, it was, a little, it was a little disheartening to see people, you know, not really rallying when the team was kind of sputtering along at the start of the game but you know once the team started playing well there in the later half of the second quarter um the arena just came alive and just hanging on every shot um and you know there were a few possessions that the bucks had where you could just feel it if they would have hit the three or you know had another big play the place was just gonna blow the lid off the arena um so from that standpoint like that's when it really got exciting so let's just be real here. The real fans are in the Deer District, are they not? <laughs> yeah, the 25,000 packed in there like a can of sardines. <laughs> I mean, those those are the yeah. real fans. I mean, those I mean, they're they're ride or die. Every time they put the camera yeah. on them, I mean, they're into it. You could be down 20, but they still believe cuz they're they're locked in there, man. Yeah. I mean, you you better be locked in if you're willing to put yourself in that tight of crowd um for a few hours on a weeknight. So, um, yeah, I mean, what the fans have been doing out there and the organization and um, everybody behind the scenes has been doing out there has just been phenomenal. And 
uh, it's great to see the transformation uh, that's really occurred since it was the Bradley Center. And now you have this whole kind of destination district down there with the Mecca Sports Bar and a few other spots, which are um, awesome and all have great food. And, of course, you have your libations. Um, Yes. But, yeah, I mean, 25,000 is just a surreal number. You know, it, it's something about this team, this Bucks team, Travis, where just everything's a struggle. I think they kind of mirror their coach in that regard. Like, it, like mm-hmm. you know, just you see the lineup and you say, who wouldn't want Giannis? Who wouldn't want, you know, Middleton and Holiday? Who wouldn't want Lopez as a veteran or P.J. Tucker and his toughness? It's always a struggle for them. But for the first time, I just from my TV, I felt that there was a straight balance that I've been looking for. I got Giannis in the middle. I've got good outside shooting from Holiday and Middleton, and and I got the balance that I'm looking for. For sometimes, sometimes it's Giannis carrying the way in a loss. Sometimes the others carrying the the load, and Giannis is not playing so well. But I think last night told a great story of what the Bucks could be if they just put their foot on the opponent and just keep it on the throat of the Suns for, to a victory. Yeah. Yeah, I totally agree. And, I mean, you talk about Drew Holiday having a shooting performance. My guy went 5 of 10 from 3. Um, he just started lighting it up. And it got to a point where every shot he put up almost felt like a heat check. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, I mean, the the game that he had and Chris had, and, of course, Giannis with another career-defining performance. Um, it's just crazy to see, like, what the team can be when those three are on the same page and all clicking. And I think, you know, a lot of that comes back to, all right, you had your first two on the road. Phoenix had a little bit more rest than you did going into those. You know, you have a seven-game series, a six-game series, and then you're flying back out right away um, to start game one of the finals. And, and the the start to the series wasn't entirely surprising. And to get them coming home um, and you know, guys are sleeping in their own beds and just in a comfortable place. Um, I think that helped a ton, and I think it definitely showed last night. Yeah, you know, it got to the point where after game one, I'm telling Cap, I said, shit, man, let me let me get uh, some Bryn Forbes and more Pat Connaughton. Because I was yeah. thinking like, okay, so if Giannis is going to struggle, if Giannis is not 100%, I need more outside shooting. So I'm I'm tapping out looking for Forbes and Connaughton. And in last night's game you really didn't need those guys is you know, you got Connaughton with eight points, but it was it was the main characters that you expect, right? You wanted Holiday and you wanted Middleton to be able to step up and help Giannis, and they did it in a big way. Uh, hopefully, I don't have to have my analysis going to Connaughton and Forbes to be able to shoot from the outside right. to, to help the yeah, team. I mean, like you said, Connaughton only had eight points, but you know, from being at the game, like they were a very timely eight points. Mm-hmm. Um, and so, you know, it's not always about the number of points, but, you know, when those points are coming. Um, and yeah, I mean, it was just, it was electric to see that team last night. What they were doing really on both ends of the court. I mean, you're holding bridges to four points and Booker had a one of seven night from three. And so, you know, it's not just about the offense with the Bucks. It's, you know, they're also one of the better defensive teams. Um, and they definitely showed it last night. 
you know, um, Bobby Portis, the former Bull, being on this team, you know, he gets his moments, man. He gets like one time to shine every game where he's got a tough rebound, a, a tough and one, and he tries to get the crowd going. Like, this is, it, you were at the game, so you didn't hear this commentary, but it's, so I think Mike Breen said something like, Bobby Portis had to adjust from college to the pros because Bobby was always the guy, and he had a tough adjustment with the Bulls and the Knicks and Washington. I go, really? Like, you, he came in the league and thought he was going to be the man? Like, he's a nice role player for it, but I hope he, has, he can't get it twisted. Like, there are more talented players, but I like the, the toughness from Portis also. Yeah, I mean, if you've watched a Bucks home game, you know, over the last couple of weeks, uh, I'm sure you've heard Bobby Portis has quickly become a fan favorite. Yeah. <laughs> uh, and, I mean, the guy doesn't even have to be on the court and will be chanting Bobby. Um, until he acknowledges us. Uh, it's just a ton of fun, and the guy is just high energy, grit, toughness, exactly what you're looking for. And, you know, I think that's the type of player we were kind of missing the last few years is someone with that toughness and grit, and he's not going to back down from anyone. And he and Jay Crowder were exchanging some words last night, and um, Bobby, I remember one specific sequence where they, and I think it was when they first started exchanging words, and Bobby was getting pulled out, and uh, Phoenix was shooting free throws on the other end, and Bobby's halfway down like our bench, and then all of a sudden you see him starting to walk back towards half court on the sideline, and Darvin Ham kind of had to pull him off to the side. Um, and he's just, he brings 100% energy, you know, even when he's on the bench. Yeah. Um, and just to have that kind of player on the team definitely helps the makeup. So, first blush, when you saw that Cam Johnson dunk, did you oh, think that man. was offensive foul, or did you think that that was a good a good slam? Because that's one of the best, I think, slams of the playoffs. Yeah, I mean, that's arguably the dunk of the playoffs. And so, first glance, watching it in real time, I thought P.J. got there early enough. Um, but then going back to replay, you kind of see him sliding in a little bit late. So understandable that they didn't overturn the call um but man i'm just happy we got the win because if we didn't get the win yeah i mean we're gonna see that dunk plenty of times anyways but we would have seen it that many more times had phoenix actually pulled that game out so yeah well so i thought that the bucks were going to win last night only because the, the, the home cooking i knew the whistles would be there and if Giannis would dominate on the foul line again there's no ridiculous counting from Phoenix fans. Well, there might have been a few, but you couldn't hear it on TV. So I know he felt comfortable at home to be able to knock down free throws. That's as impressive to me than anything else that he did. Yeah, of course. Oh, Giannis dominating from the foul line down. Oh, of course. That's not breaking news. Uh, He's as dominant as anybody in the league in that regard. But him having his comfort on the foul line mattered to me, I thought, last night. Yeah, 100%. I mean, there there was a smattering of uh, Suns fans in the early goings of the game last night doing their their quick count. And so being the fan that I am, I pull out my phone when Giannis is going to the line and I'm timing him on my phone. I mean, he was coming in consistently between eight and a half and 10 seconds all night. Um, but then he goes 13 of 17 from the charity stripe. Right. And if you're Monty Williams, you got to be thinking, oh boy, what did we get ourselves into? Um. But, and like, it's understandable, you know, the strategy behind following Giannis and his history of shooting free throws. But, 
man, when he's going 13 of 17, I don't care who they're playing, the opponent's going to have a tough time winning that game. Devin Booker had a, a horrible night shooting. And, you know, I, I don't know if you've heard the same stuff I've had, Travis, regarding the relationship that Devin Booker had with Kobe Bryant. Look, man, like, I, I, there's so much hyperbole out there. I, and I've said this many times. I probably will, I, I won't say never, because you you'd never say never in this business. But I don't think I'd ever be on first take. Because my takes are mild takes. So I can't have, like, this... <laughs> I can't have the hot takes. They're usually just mild, just a, a little bit bo- above mild. Sure, so, sure. Yeah, so the, the idea that, like, oh, Devin Booker's the next Kobe, that's not what I've been hearing. I don't think that Devin Booker's next Kobe. I think that Booker looks at Kobe as an inspiration. That's why he puts, like, those quotes on his shoes. Like, I, yeah. I hope I hope that the general NBA public does not look at Devin Booker and say, wait, that's supposed to be the next Kobe. No, I just think he's just the next Devin Booker. Right. I mean, Kobe, Kobe's a one of one. Yes. Right. And I mean, in my eyes, it's really unfair to really compare anyone to the likes of a Kobe Bryant or a Michael Jordan or a LeBron James. Like those players are just one of one. They are who they are. No one is going to be able to do what those players have done exactly how they've done it. Now, you know, can Devin Booker be an offensive juggernaut of course we've seen his shot making um but i just i don't i don't really see it on the defensive end i don't see the same tenacity that he puts into his shot creation on the offensive end of the court so um i would never compare if i were to try and draw a comparison between booker and brian it would only be on like the offensive end and even at that like it's still hyperbole right now, yeah. you know, comparing the two, and I'm, I'm just not there. Like, and I get the role model and the aspirational quotes and the be legendary tattooed on the arm. Like, I get all that, and it makes a ton of sense because players like Booker and uh, players his age grew up watching Kobe, um, and so I get it. But it's just there's there's never going to be a comparison. So, so you know, Travis, that um, that if you have Chris Paul getting off to a slow start and Booker shoots like that again, you're going to tie the series, right? Yep, yep. Love that. I mean, <laughs> yes. It, it's, like at this point, coming into the series, I didn't know if I could take another long series, going seven games with Brooklyn and six games with Atlanta. I'm just like. <laughs> Can we just get this wrapped up quickly? Um, but now, you know, let's. I'll I'll sit back and I'll take in as many games as I need to. And um, yeah, I mean, tying the series would obviously be huge, so you avoid the three-one hole, and um, then you're holding serve on home court. So you go back to Phoenix with a bit of momentum. Um, if you can tie the series two-two and. I'll see what happens. Crazier things have happened from there, so. You'll be in the building for that, right? Oh, uh, for a potential clinching game? Yes. Or a, game, or a potential cl- a tie for next game. Oh, uh, I, I don't know about all that. I mean, the ticket was a pretty penny, right? Uh-huh. Um, and it was, it was worth every penny last night. Um, but, I mean, if I'm trying to go to any more games, I might need to set up a GoFundMe. <laughs> 
<laughs> wait a minute. Send around the, uh, the charity basket at the office. Now, wait a minute. You know someone that can get you in the building, right? Potentially. Potentially. How about the I, I, how about the owner I, of the company? Man, I I try and like maintain my relationships well, um, and I don't I don't like going to ask for tickets like that. Oh. Like that's that's not really my lane. Now, if someone's going to offer them to me, oh. by all means, I will accept. Ah, the proud Wacker uh, family. Not too. I mean, your team, and you can't ask. If you're gonna ever gonna ask, you ask now. I know. I know. You know what I did? I asked you for for tickets for the for the Sox Brewers, and I did it proudly. <laughs> I did it with pride. I said, you know what, Travis? I need four for the Sox Brewers game, and you know what? I didn't. I didn't feel bad about it. I said, you know what, Wacker can get me in, and I got in. Yep, that you did. Yeah. Um, yeah. I mean, I just know there's such a demand for tickets right now, and I know I've seen one game, and so I think you know at this point, if someone's going to offer me a ticket for, you know, game four on Wednesday night, you know, am I going to say yes and take it? Yeah, probably. Um. But if I'm going to, like, buy a ticket, it, it wouldn't be again until, like, a series clinching game. Or even ask for one. Probably wouldn't be until a series clinching game. You do know that the if you if the owner of the company knew that you were buying tickets to the Bucks game, he would not be happy. He'd, you, know, <laughs> you, know, you know Craig Carmazan would say, why didn't you tell me you could have been in my suite? You know <laughs> that, because he'll be he would be pissed if he knew that you actually get, went in your pocket to get that. You know what? I'm just happy to be in the arena at this point. I've, <laughs> I've sat, it, it, and it, I'm being a hundred percent serious. Like I've sat through a number of seasons. Um, I, I joined the fan section back in the, uh, 2006, I believe that season. Ooh. And, you know, sitting through the ups and the downs in the 15 win season. And, you know, the, the want to just be good enough to make the playoffs. And then you're kind of in that middle ground of, you know, what are we really doing here? You're not getting a good draft pick and like, you're not, you're not good enough to go deep in the playoffs. You're not bad enough to get a good draft pick. What are we doing here? And just to sit through those years of Joel Alexander and Ejian Leon. Oh, and, no. I mean, you can keep going down the list. There are plenty of players. Darrington Hobson. We had Jody Meeks in the system for a minute. <laughs> and it's just like, having gone to all those games that I went to, and now I'm finally getting to see the payoff. And, you know, I was just happy to be in the arena last night. You know, not just from the standpoint of having gone to all those games during those seasons, um, but now just, it's one of those bucket list items too. Yeah. Go to a home finals game of your favorite team. Um, it was just awesome, man. I, I still don't know if it's really set in. Um, it's kind of been coming in spurts. Like, you know, a few days leading up to last night, I'm like, oh, shit. Like, I'm going to a finals game. Yeah. Um, but, you know, I don't know if it's, you know, how tired I am today. <laughs> Because, of course, like, you get the when you go out for a few adult beverages. Yeah. And then you call her a night afterwards. Um, so, I mean, it was just a great day and a ton of fun at the game. And um, just the energy in the city has been awesome. So, 
Yeah, well, absolutely. Uh, well, I mean, me being in Chicago, uh, it's it's close enough. All this stuff puts pressure on the Bulls, so I'm very happy to see it from Milwaukee, and that's why that's why I like it. I like seeing, and I, and I like this. You know why I like this so much is because it's so unconventional. People shit on Detroit against San Antonio in the finals too, right? Just because yeah. there was not not enough star power, Lakers weren't involved, and New York wasn't involved. I don't care, man. I'm a basketball fan. I enjoy. I'm an NBA guy. It's in my veins. So because this is so different than the usual, I like it even more so because it gives you the unexpected. Those bas- some of those. See, here's what I've I've discovered over the years, Travis. That there is a difference between NBA fans and those fans of individual players. So, so the 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 idea that if you're an NBA fan and you look at this series like ah, not, not so short. No, I'm an NBA fan. So whatever comes from this, it's different. I mean, people bitch about how the the, yeah. the trophy stays in one place too long, too many dynasties. Well, this could be a, a Bucks dynasty. This could be a Suns dynasty, and that and I think that that unknown makes it even more interesting to me this year. Yeah, I mean, once we got to like the final four of the playoffs this year. It was just like, then you really starting to realize that, you know, one of these teams is going to bring home a trophy that hasn't either ever or in a very long time. Um, and so, you know, just looking at it from a 30,000 foot view of just being an NBA fan um, and just having like that appreciation, like, you know, I think being a fan of like, obviously a smaller market team is different than a large market team. Mm-hmm. Um, and so maybe my perspective is a little bit different of being able to appreciate um, the fact that the trophy is going to a smaller city this year um, is awesome. And, or, you know, a city that's never won one in Phoenix or here in Milwaukee where we haven't won it in 50 years. And this is our first finals appearance in 47 years. Um, which is, you know, predates me by 15 years mm-hmm. at the um, I just have a level of appreciation for that because, you know, are the super teams fun to watch? Of course, offense is fun. Um, but you know, there there does get a point in time where you know a trophy sits in a city for a little longer than one might hope, and um, now we're gonna have two teams that um have either never had it or it's been a very long time. Uh, lastly, I want to ask you again. You've been in Bucks fever, Finals fever, but I do want to ask you if your first reaction to Nigeria beating U.S. Like I didn't. I mean, just like I didn't. I only. It's funny because I watched like maybe a quarter of it. Like I'm not. Yeah. I'm not going to be locked in. I'm. Re, I'm an NBA Finals guy. I, I'll watch the Olympics later. But I just watched a quarter of it, and I saw Steve Kerr. And the worry on his face when they did like a sideline report, like Steve, what do you think so far? He goes, "Well, we'll we really need to rebound more. Uh, you know, I just think we need to pass and rebound more." Like he looked very concerned, and it, and usually Steve is this happy-go-lucky, you know, making right. jokes, whatever. But he didn't seem too sure. And then I see the end result. I'm like, okay, now I'm not this. I'm not this ugly American that says that we have to win everything. But I will just say this, like. Man, like you can just tell that some countries, even Nigeria, the first time an African country beat the United States in basketball, it just shows you, man, you just can't just take these countries for granted and think you just roll the ball out there and we're going to beat teams by 30. This ain't the dream team we're rolling out there. 
Right. Yeah. 100%. And, you know, maybe uh, Team USA really needs some help from the likes of Chris Middleton and Drew Holiday. <laughs> um, yes. But, man, I mean, so in complete transparency, I didn't watch even a single second of yeah, that game. I get it. Um, mostly because the fights were on. Right. Um, but, man, just you see the news come across, and so it's like the first bit of news I saw from it was a Woj tweet late in the game with like two minutes left or whatever it was. And then it's just like, Oh no, like what is happening? Like you're starting to think like, okay, like maybe someone got hurt. Um, and then like Zach Levine only left the game for a little bit and then returned to action. Mm -hmm. So it's like, okay, like nobody really got hurt during the game. Like to me, it comes down to a lack of respect for the opponent. Right. Yeah. Um, not taking the game seriously enough. And I get it. It's an exhibition game. And, you know, the NBA calendar was weird and pushed back a little bit, even though they truncated the season by 10 games. Um, and so I get all that. And, you know, Kevin Durant just came out of that seven-game series with uh, Milwaukee. So, you know, I get all these things. But at the end of the day, you're putting out a starting five that includes the likes of Kevin Durant and Jason Tatum and Dame Lillard and the list goes on. And you're you're losing to Nigeria. Like, what are we doing here? And I get it. Nigeria has NBA players on their team and then they're starting five. But, like, there's no reason why Nigeria should be beating Team USA in, in even an exhibition game. Yeah. Like, there's there's no reason for it. And, you know, hopefully that's... That's a learning lesson for the players that are currently on that team before Chris and Drew and Devin Booker join them after uh, this final series. Well, my friend, all the best to you in the next uh, game here with the Suns and Bucks. It, t- it tells a great story of where this series is going. Can the Bucks tie the series at two, or will the Suns take another uh, step here to the championship? I, it's going to be fun this next game between the two, that's for sure. Yes, it is. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. Uh, we'll see what kind of adjustments each team makes, and um, I think you know we're really going to start to see, you know, who's a better coach, even Boonholzer or Monty Williams, and um, it's going to be a ton of fun for sure. Deer District, that's going to be outside, right? Is that where you're going to be? Oh, man, I, I'm still debating if I'm going to stay in Chicago and catch it at a bar, or if I'm going to catch the Amtrak Hiawatha back up here. I should have bought up. <laughs> frequent traveler pass or something <laughs> i think you should st- i think you should be in milwaukee with your team that's what i think yeah well we'll, we'll see what i'm feeling on wednesday afternoon <laughs> wtmj you know uh davis the broadcaster uh so many connections so little time <laughs> don't know why you couldn't just ask ted davis for yeah. a ticket but <laughs> You know, Dennis. We'll see what happens. Dennis Krause. Maybe I, maybe I got something up my sleeve. Yeah. The, the the great Dennis Krause. You know, somebody, right? All right. Well. Yeah. Well, <laughs> the proud Travis Wacker, everybody. Proud. Uh, we'll see what happens. Even his, his team is in the finals. Too proud to ask for a ticket. We appreciate your time. Good luck, buddy. All right. I appreciate you. Giannis, back-to-back 40-point games for you. You said that this series, to win it, it was going to be all mental. What type of mental focus did you bring tonight? You know, we know we know what type of game it's going to be. Uh, 
we knew that we had to come here, play good basketball, compete as hard as uh, possible. And I was just trying to be aggressive, just trying to make the right play and take the position at a time. From the opening tip, you were looking to get your teammates involved, it seems. Why was that a point of emphasis for you? I was just trying to get downhill, um, you know, open up drive lanes. And uh, I knew that I had to try to get Chris involved, Drew involved, all of them involved. And uh, if I had patience, I knew I was able to, you know, break the defense. So, but at the end of the day, my mental, uh, what I think, mental is always stay aggressive, always try to get downhill. And uh, after that, just try to make the right play or right pass. You shot incredibly well from the free throw line tonight. Not a lot of people counting one, two, three. What was working for you? Uh, you know, just trying to focus on myself, focus on my technique, focus on my body. Uh, and, you know... You know, once you see few going in, then you get a little bit more confidence and uh, you make few more. But, uh, you know, my teammates just they keep keeping me accountable. Um, they want me to be aggressive. They want me to get in the free throw line. They believe in me that I'm going to knock um, those shots down from the free throw line. So that's what I'm trying to do. You've been here before against Brooklyn. What's the key to not letting go of the rope in game four? Uh, we know we know what type of game is going to be. It's all going to be mental. In order for us to be... Uh, back to this series and uh, gives us a, give ourselves an opportunity to win this game, to win this series, um, to be to be champion. We got we got to break it. Game four, we got to break it. We got to play together. We got to believe in our winning habits. Uh, we got to stay aggressive. So it's all mental right now. First finals win in nearly in, in nearly 50 years. Congratulations, Giannis. And there it is. Giannis, along with Malika Andrews, the great Malika Andrews from ESPN. We thank you for listening to this podcast, the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook. Go to DraftKings and find the best bets for Game 4 of the NBA playoffs and anything else that you need as far as baseball, the All-Star Game, and the Olympics, and so many other things that are available for you. If you're into... Sports betting, check out DraftKings at Casino Queen Sportsbook because DraftKings supports me, so I want you to support them, DraftKings. So we will talk again soon on the Under the Hood Basketball Podcast, brought to you by DraftKings. I'm John the Hood. Basketball is hood. I can't wait. Can the Suns win, or will the Bucks tie this game, the series at two? Everything seems like a struggle for the Bucks. I'll tell you what, I'm watching uh, their coach, Mike Boonholzer, everything seems like a struggle. He's so worried. He hasn't slept since the Clinton administration. Those bags under his eyes, he's so concerned. We'll see what happens in game four. Thanks so much for listening. Tell people John the Hood is talking basketball. The Under the Hood Basketball Podcast. Thanks so much for listening. Let's talk again soon.